I like being home. It feels like being home when I come here. And Cher and I are so grateful for the invitation. We love y'all. Love you for lots of reasons. We appreciate your partnership. But as I've told you before, y'all happy folk. And y'all are loud. And you're noisy. And I like that. You know, there's a time to have a funeral, but a church service isn't it. Amen? Woo, I love good music. I like happy faces. And you're a friendly folk, and I thank you for that. Take your Bibles, turn to Psalm 23. And while you're looking for that, we're going to have a little choir rehearsal. I used to be a minister of music for many years, and we had big choirs, orchestras, and that kind of stuff. I don't miss working on sound systems. I don't miss all that stuff, but I miss choir rehearsal. So we're going to have a little bit of choir rehearsal. And all God's people said, repeat after me, everything. Oh, that's sorry. No, I mean, you were sorry. Everything is going to be all right. Have y'all ever, ladies, have y'all ever used that little spice called accent? Yeah, yeah. And that gives a little punch to it, doesn't it? So I want you to put a little accent on that word, everything. It's called a glottal attack, but it just means emphasize it. Ready? Here we go. Everything is going to be all right. Say it again. Everything is going to be all right. Now, every time I point to you, I want you to say that. If you got it, say, I got it. All righty, here we go. Psalm 23. If I get my Bible open, Lord Jesus. Well, Ed, it got stuck. <laughs> that hadn't happened to me in a long, ever. All right, here we go. I'm almost there. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. Okay, now you're sounding a little, little bit like a Methodist, okay? All right. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leaves me beside the still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil, my cup runs over. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. And I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Father, thank you so much for reminding us that as we rely on you, as we trust in you, that everything is going to be all right. Everything is not all right in our country. Everything may not be all right in our family. Everything may not be all right in our workplace. Everything is going to be all right as we keep our eyes on you. Help us to remember that. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Have y'all ever felt panicked? This means yes. This means I'm lying like a rug. Okay? 
there was a lady, she was in San Diego, sweet lady, and she's shopping like many of y'all do. And she's got her cart, and she's shopping, and she's putting stuff in her cart. Well, she's a short little woman, so she reached up way high, and she slipped, and she fell. And everybody comes running to her and says, ma'am, are you okay? The manager was shaking up. Are you okay, ma'am? Said, no, sir. My brains are coming out. And what you laughing? Her brains were coming out. And he said, ma'am, that's not your brains. You hit a can of Pillsbury dough and it exploded. <laughs> you know, sometimes we get panicked and it has funny things that happen to you. Ladies, I'm going I'm to rat your husband out. When you leave on a trip and you tell the husband, Honey, the house is clean. We know what that means, that you expect it to be clean when you come home. Amen? And that's okay. But when the husband says yes, he's meaning in his own perspective. Okay? And so what that means is... He may clean it up, but it's going to be at the last minute. Right, men? Yep, yep. So, my wife going to see her mom in Houston. And we we were having fun. Now, I fed the kids. I fed the kids great. We had pizza and popcorn and all that healthy stuff. And I had the weeks of dishes stacked up to here. Okay? But we were going to clean it. We had time. I get this phone call. We were living in the Atlanta area, and she says, Honey, I caught an early flight, and I'm coming home. <laughs> Y'all panics got in this big boy's heart. Oh, Lord. So I'm telling the kids what to do. You do this, and you do that. And so I went into that sink, and I started putting that 10 pounds of potatoes in a 5-pound sack. You get me? And then I went to get that dish soap. She didn't have any in there. So Ed, I looked on the top of the sink and there was something called liquid joy. Squirt, squirt. And I'm thinking it's not those granules so an extra squirt won't hurt. Don't ever do that. Y'all, I closed that puppy up, locked her up, hit the go button and I'm vacuuming. And I hear this little thing from my twit son going, Daddy, Mama's going to kill you. <laughs> Y'all, I went into the kitchen, and I had suds hip high. I didn't know there were so many holes in a dishwasher. They were coming out of every knob, every crevice. Oh, my goodness. So what am I doing? I get a broom and a dustpan. <laughs> I'm hauling it out. And I'm panicking again. And I say to my kids, now sit down. It's like on the front pew. On the couch, I said, do not tell your mama. (laughs) Mama, guess what daddy did? I mean, I was in deep weeds. But you know, sometimes panic makes us do silly things. But sometimes it can have disastrous results. There was a group of teenage girls and they were TPing one of their teacher's houses. Do y'all know what TPN is? We've got a witness right here, some experience. It's taking toilet paper and wrapping the house. It's 
It's an innocent prank. But what they did, they heard somebody and they thought they'd been caught. So panic struck them. They got into their VW bug and they sped away, lost control, hit a telephone pole. And that night, all three died. Sometimes panic can make us do some things that will damage us and our family. Folks, everything's not all right in our country. I don't care who the president is. Everything's not all right in the school system. Sometimes not everything's all right in your church, in your workplace, in your personal life. But we got to make sure that we put our eyes on him and trust him. We trust him. Uncle Sam's not in charge. Amen. I don't rely on Uncle Sam. Why, Trump is my president. My trust is not in Trump. It's in Jesus Christ. And for that Everything is going to be all right. Well, how can you say that? Well, number one, because of who he is. Now, who is he? Look back at the scripture. What's it say? The Lord is my and I shall not be in want. 800 years before the time of Christ, Isaiah prophesied that a shepherd would come. This is what he said. He shall feed his flock like a shepherd. He shall gather the lambs with his arms and carry them to his bosom and shall gently lead those that are with young. Also, in John 10, 11, Jesus himself said, I am the good shepherd, and the good shepherd gives his life for his sheep. Furthermore, after Jesus died, and it was clear to the Christians remaining that Jesus was the shepherd to all who would believe, this is what Scripture says in Hebrews 13, 20. Now the God of peace that brought again from the dead our Lord Jesus, the great shepherd of the sheep, Through the blood of the everlasting covenant. He is our shepherd. He is our provider. Sharon and I were left, when I finished college in Florida, we left to go across the country to Fort Worth where I attended seminary. Well, we got into our home, spent everything we had to get into an apartment. And I got this notice. Now remember, this was a long time ago. But the registration fee was $747. Now that doesn't sound like much today for school, but back then it was like a million bucks. And we didn't have it, but we didn't worry. So what we would do, we would do our daily date. Now when you have no money, what you do on a date, you go hand in hand to the post office box. That's all you can afford to do. And we'd open it up. Just a few days before it was due, we opened it up. And guess what was there? A check. And guess for how much? Not $747, $750. He get paid, met our need and gave us $3 to have a party on. <laughs> Amen. He meets our needs. I was on a mission trip to Tijuana, Mexico. And we had a lot of folks and we were painting people's homes. Now, a lot of the Mexicans would come across, come right there to the border thinking they could get across and they couldn't. So they would, there's actually a fence there, but uh, they would come to that border and they couldn't get across, so they built cardboard houses. And we found that if we painted their cardboard houses, they would let us talk to them about Christ. So we did. And I had a five-gallon bucket of paint 
And we had that much left. And I hear across this river saying, Brother Robbie, bring the paint. We're out of paint. And we needed to keep painting so we could keep telling. And I walked across this thing with an almost empty bucket across this river. And that wasn't a river. It was a ditch. And they didn't have bathroom facilities. So they would go to the bathroom in a bucket. And they would dump the contents of that bucket into that ditch. So when I was walking across the river, I was walking carefully. Amen. So walk across. I said, folks, we're out of paint. And I put that bucket down. I opened that lid. And it was almost completely full. Now, I wish I could say that happened all the time, Ed. But it doesn't. But it did that day. And that weekend, 121 came to faith in Christ. God will meet the needs as we seek him. It's because of who he is. He is our shepherd and we can rely and trust him. Number next, because of who he is, but what he does, we can rely on him. What does he do? We'll look back at the scripture. What's it say? He makes me to lie down in green pastures. Sometimes we need to take a time out. Have y'all ever put your kids in time out? Yeah, well, some of you might have should have. <laughs> I used to put my son in time out and I'd say, son, sit in this chair and you think of what you did and what you should have done. Ed, one time he looked at me and said, He's now a pastor, by the way. God's really blessed him. But back then, he's a little rebellious twit. And he said, Daddy, I'm sitting on the outside, but I'm standing on the inside. <laughs> the truth is, you and I do the same thing. We do the same thing. But he put us in a place that he wants us to think and dwell on him. But what we do, we just panic. My mother... She died many years ago, but she used to say, I was born a worrier, and I'm going to die a worrier. And she did, but she didn't have to. God never called you to do that. He called you to trust in Him. He puts you in a place where you can focus on Him and do His plan. Not only that, He leads me beside the still waters. Still waters was a place of safety, of calm, of peace. But sometimes we take that God-shaped space that each of us has been given by God and we try to fill it with everything else but God. We fill it with alcohol. We fill it with drugs. We've tried to fill that space with family. It's never intended to be filled with family. Sometimes we fill it with gossip. Have y'all ever heard of those dogs called Chihuahua? Have you ever met any people that flap their gums like a Chihuahua? Oh, Lord help me, I just don't like those dogs. They ankle biters. And I, you don't like being around people like that, do you? But you know, sometimes in churches, we have the chihuahuas. And men, before you say it's always the women, I've noticed many men who do the same thing. 
And little gossip about the pastor, little gossip about the deacons, little gossip about the Sunday school teacher. Sometimes Sunday school, we can gossip in the name of prayer. Now, y'all, it's not gossip. I just want you to pray for Aunt Sally. She's been sleeping with Uncle Tom. It's gossip from the pits of hell. Amen? You're never going to have peace if you're doing that kind of mess. He puts us beside still waters for calm. Fill it with God, that God-shaped space. He restores my soul, Scripture says. Have you ever been so tired you didn't think you could take another step? There was a pastor, he was doing revival services and he hadn't been home in weeks. And he, as the custom with many of us, we go to the pastor's study and we pray with him before the service. And after they prayed, the evangelist said, Pastor, if you'll go on, I'll be there on time, but I need to pray a little longer. And he kept praying and he kept praying. He said, Lord, I'm so tired. I can't get out of this chair. I don't know what to do. I miss my wife. I miss my family. Well, the pastor looks at his watch and it's time. And so he went, he goes to grab the doorknob of where the evangelist was and he felt the presence of God say, leave him alone. So he did. He went and started the service in. And as he started, eventually the evangelist came and he preached with such vigor and with such zealousness that more people came to faith in Christ that night than all the nights combined. God will restore your soul as long as you don't fall into that pitfall of gossiping, that pitfall of putting other things in the place of God. He is first in our heart. He guides me in paths of righteousness. There's a great song that I remember it's called Seek Me, Seek Ye First the Kingdom of God. Y'all remember that? Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. Hallelujah, hallelujah. How many times we call ourselves Christians, we know those scriptures. But do we seek him first when we fall into panic? Or do we seek the telephone or text or email? Seek ye first the kingdom of God. Ask him first before you open your mouth to your neighbor. He guides me in paths of righteousness because of what he does. Because of who he is, everything's going to be all right. And lastly, everything's going to be all right because of where he is. Now, where is he? Look back at the scripture. What's it say? Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, thou art with me. He's with me when I'm born. He's with me when I die. I can trust him. I never have to be alone. Amen? Janice was a sweet, kind lady in her 30s, had two children who loved the Lord, had a husband who loved the Lord in a vibrant church much like this one. And she was doing like many of y'all do. She was driving, taking her kids then to school and then running errands. Well, somebody 
went through a stop sign, T-boned her car, and hit her so strongly that it threw her body out of the car. And if the bystanders thought her body was on fire because it looked like light was all around her. It was odd. And so they ran to her. She wasn't on fire. The light was gone, but so was her life. The whole community was in mourning. They were hurting. They didn't understand how all that could happen. The funeral service, as you can imagine, was difficult. But days after, weeks after, the husband was going through her belongings, like many of y'all have done to loved ones. And he was crying as he's going through her stuff, and he found something that's odd. He found her diary. Now, that made him nervous at first. But he started looking at her diary. And he decided to look at the last entrance. And it said something like this. Dear God, thank you for the life you've given me. Thank you for giving me a husband who honors you the way he treats me. Thank you for my children who love you and have given their hearts and lives to you. Father, my life has been so full of peace and joy because of you that even if you took me home tomorrow, it'd be good. It'd be all right. Folks, we have things going on in our lives, do we not? We have things going on in our country. Some silliness going on. But everything's going to be all right if you and I will keep our eyes focused on him. And we do what we're called to do. We're not here for a long time. He called us to be here for a purpose that we share the faith. And we start having gospel conversations with non-believers. Life is not a place that we have to tolerate. Life is a place we're to live our whole life. And trust him. You may have lost your finances, but not the one who provides for you. You may have lost a loved one, but you have not lost the one who loves you the most. You may have lost your way and cannot seem to find the path where you need to be, but you have not lost the one who provides the path. Let's trust him. Let's rely on him instead of on other things. Everything's going to be all right. But if you're a non-believer and you've never come to faith in Christ, I can't say that everything's going to be all right because you don't have Christ in your heart and your life to guide you and to depend on. It's sort of like this. Some of you just gasped. I'm not going to have 20,000 years of bad luck. It's all okay. Okay? But it's like this. So you may be sitting in here and you've never had a relationship with Christ, but you've been looking at Ed and you notice he seems to be happy and he's peaceful, seems to love the Lord and seems to be blessed. And so you say, well, I've noticed that Ed prays. So I'm going to start praying. So you start praying, and it feels like you're just saying words because it's not going anywhere. 
Well, that didn't work. Well, I noticed that when Ed comes to church, he always puts money in the offering plate. So I'm going to start doing that. It's not working. Well, what else does Ed do? He comes to church. Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday night, Monday night, all these different nights. I'm going to start coming to church. So start coming to church. No peace. No joy. Come to find out, none of that brings peace and joy. You can join the church. You can pray. You can give all the money you have, and it doesn't draw you any closer to God. What God wants from you is your heart and your life. And when you say, Lord, I have sinned. I sinned by choice. And I confess my sin to you. See, for the wages of sin is death. But the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. I love this scripture in Ephesians. It says, for by grace are we saved through faith and that not of ourselves. Salvation is a gift of God, not of works, so that we can't boast. Here's the deal. How do I get to heaven? How do I get peace? How do I get joy in my life? How do I know that everything's going to be all right when everything around me seems to be crumbling? Father, I know that I've sinned and I can't get to heaven on my own. Father, I choose to, instead of sin, I choose to repent and turn away from my sin and I'm going to follow you. Father, would you please come into my life? I give it to you. And will you please give me eternal life? Give me abundant life in you. I give everything I have to you. In Jesus' name I pray. If you're willing to pray that prayer, every head bowed, every eye closed. If you've never prayed that prayer and you feel it's just time today to do it, we're not going to embarrass you. But quietly between you and God, if you just put like yourself in a little bubble and you just pray to God, that prayer that I just prayed, dear Jesus, I know that I sinned. I know I can't get to heaven on my own. Forgive me of my sin. I repent of that sin. Father, come into my heart. I believe you lived on earth. You died on the cross. And you rose from the grave. I receive you as Lord and Savior. Thank you for giving me eternal life. In Jesus' name I pray. Every head remaining down, eyes closed. If you made that decision, if you just make eye contact with me, nobody else is looking, it's just me. Look at me right in the eye so I know. Know how to pray. Amen. Anyone else? You're here today and you know that you have eternal life. But you've been panicking. Folks, give it to the Lord. In your prayer bubble right now, just give it to him. Repent of your sin. That is sin. 
Ask him to give you that peace that passes all comprehension as you follow him. Let's stand to our feet. Lift your eyes. Exciting thing about knowing Christ, when you receive Christ, something happens. That veil that seemed to be there before is gone. (laughs) And now I have complete consultation with the creator of the universe and you do too if you've received him father thank you so much for this church i pray it'll grow as it follows you in jesus name we pray amen Amen.